0: you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so excited. I have Amber Dennison here. She is going to tell us about the amazing work she's doing in terms of Rescue work in her community, in her state, actually, and about the transformation that this nonprofit has undergone to dramatically decrease the amount of euthanasias happening in a higher kill shelter. So, congratulations on your Game Changer Award. And we're so excited that you are here uh, to tell us more about the amazing work that you're doing, Amber. Welcome. And tell our listeners and readers a little bit about how you got into this line of work. And specifically, what you do with the organization?
1: Okay, great. Thank you. I'm I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. Um, I, my name is Amber uh, Dennison, and I live in Marietta, Ohio. Um, and I am a volunteer at the uh, Humane Society of the Mid Ohio Valley. Um, I um, adopted a dog when I bought my first house many years ago, um, and that it was my first interaction with the shelter. Um, And at that time, the shelters um, locally would euthanize um, for the public when the time came. And so 13 years after I adopted my dog, he was nearing the end of life. And I took him there and they were very compassionate in handling that. Um, So I decided I wanted to maybe learn a little bit more about the shelter and and what they did and to volunteer and so that's kind of how i got started um i started just walking dogs and getting to know the people and the dogs um and and really enjoyed it and it became a passion and i felt a volunteer high and and so it just kind of wanted a little more of that um so then I just kind of continued to do that for a while, and then there was a hoarding case, um, I, and I worked kind of with two shelters I have worked with locally, um, and there was a hoarding case at the other shelter, and they were asking for fosters. So I kind of I went to see if they needed help, and they did, and I, so I started fostering. Um, so that was another introduction. Um, then they needed a volunteer coordinator and asked if I would do that. So I did and, and um, got to see a little more a whole business side of the shelter I didn't realize existed. So that was neat to see um, and get involved a little bit with that. Um, and my background was in elementary education and a family insurance business. So nothing nothing in the shelters. Um, but, but just really interested and wanted to learn more and more and more. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to get involved. Um, So I actually took a plunge and left my um, career of 25 years and became a manager at the um, uh, Humane Society of Parkersburg. And I was there for two years and just really, there's a big difference when you work there versus volunteering, Um, learned a lot. Um, Then came back to my home shelter and was just I'm I'm fascinated with the similarities and differences um, in shelters to the point when we would go on family vacation, I would make it a point to visit the shelters where in the towns we were in just to see um, what they were doing. And um, I took a class um, from university of Pacific um, that's about life saving and the different aspects of the shelter. Um, And, just really got interested in focusing on what nationally is happening um and and what we're doing locally and and what's working and what's not um, and through the years at as i volunteered when i first started volunteering unfortunately euthanasia was very common um, 50% of the, the cats and kittens that came into the shelter didn't make it out alive. Um, the dog numbers were a little better, but it was still very too high. Um, so they they kind of just, we've become more aware of it. They, they um, you know, I don't know, I can't say a date that a conscious decision was made, but You know, it's all animal lovers in the shelter, um, and it just became everyone's goal to do everything they could to save every life, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, So we began taking steps to do that. um, And one of those in in, um, 2015, we actually surrendered our um, euthanasia materials, our license, Um, the DEA came in and took anything we had left that had to do with euthanasia which was a big step yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. and a little scary <laughs> um, but it, it, it's been good and you know if, if we need to euthanize an animal now um, we take it to the vet and and it is for behavior um, in severe cases or medically when the vet right. you know has right. suggested it um, So it it just that has really helped us remain true to that and um, keep working. And I think as the public hears that they want to support because it does take money to, to, you know, treat the animals and and, um, not give up on the ones that need a little extra help to get to the adoptability stage. Um, So the public's been great. The community has been great. Um, It's taken a long time to get word out. I mean, we still fight an image as a lot of shelters do you know don't take your dog there they'll they'll put it down or don't take your cat there mm-hmm. so we're really just trying to to you know get our image out there that that it's it's not a dumping ground but it's also not the end of the road you know it's yeah. a, it's a a place for the dog or cat to stay while we try to give them a new um
0: beginning you know i find your story and wildly inspiring in that I came out of 15 year career at a kill shelter. And when I got out, I do exactly what you do, wherever I'm at, for whatever reason, if you're driving, driving past anything that says ASPCA yes. animal shelter, whatever dog pound, I'm like, er, yes, exactly. Because, yeah. It's just, it's just interesting to see how other people manage homeless yes. or unwanted animals. And you know, what I found is that Coming out of a a kind of a kill shelter mentality, there was this whole world of people doing it different. And yet when I came back to my home shelter, literally the shelter I grew up in and presented this to the shelter director, who was my dear friend, he said to me, Karen, it's just not feasible here because we're in Iowa. It's, It's not feasible. We are in rural Iowa. There is no money. This isn't going to work here. And yet it has worked in far more rural places than Cedar Falls, Iowa, a lot more like in third sure. world countries, they're doing it. So yes. I, I was hung up on how sometimes just shelter or individual organizations mindsets are, is really the biggest hurdle. It's not necessarily a community no. issue. It's the Absolutely. director's yeah, it's the director's Ooh. attitude or or the board that says no, yes, we're not absolutely. going to do this or yes, we are. How much of a hill did you have, Amber, as you started coming back and saying, "Hey, we have a really high euthanasia rate, and there are some things we might be able to do that I'm seeing other shelters do." Did did you have pushback of that you just had to keep working through?
1: Um. You know, I I I hate to say me because it has been a team. Um, yes. Thing. Yes. Um, yeah. there, I, with, I won't say with the euthanasia so much there was, I was fortunate. Um, and it's interesting, the two shelters I'm involved in, the one where I was a manager still euthanizes, um, you know, that's how they choose to deal with it. Um, whereas we will turn cats away, um, you know, so it's just it, and neither one is is a good answer. I mean, it's, it's right. they're just they're no good answer. Um, but I, I don't feel like the, I, I, I know what you're talking about, because I have seen it on many things. We, when I see something nationally, is, and sometimes I think that'll never work, and I have to kind of get used to the idea. And then if I present it, I, I can tell everyone's skeptical, but we, we try to kind of, I'm the chair of the ops committee, um, operations committee now, where the directors on it and a couple board members, and we meet monthly. And so I try to get the leadership on board, yes. um, yeah. and I think, and I can tell, I can tell what will and won't work. If if there's too much pushback, it it's not going to work, you know, because yeah. they're not yeah. going to sell it to everyone else. Um, but if something nationally is working. We won't see it locally for a little while. Right. Um, so I always like to mention the idea when I hear it, but then it comes up again. Right. Um, but yeah, as far as euthanasia, I, I don't really feel like there was pushback. It just took right. us a while to get there. You bet. Um, you bet. We've had the the good um, life saving percentage, except we did. We had a rough year in 2019 and took in a big hoarding case um, that had several cats that were. A, they were not, they were feral and B, they were um, not healthy. Right, right a lot of them had to be euthanized and that really hurt our, um, rate, but it wasn't fair to the animals to, to exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, and, yeah. and I think that that's the other piece that I think it's really important for listeners and viewers to understand is that our goal is to save as many animals that go on to have a good quality of life. That's our goal. Absolutely. If animals can't or won't have joy in their bodies later on, then that is a case where euthanasia is a gift. And so the animals that need to be out of their bodies due to disease or degeneration need to have that as a right to no longer experience that amount of pain, discomfort, or agony, but for healthy animals that could lead a wildly happy and productive life. Those are the animals that it's a oh it's an atrocity that we still have such high euthanasia rates in many shelters for Absolutely. bouncy bubbly puppies and kittens that were, that were utilizing. And, and that's the piece that you've been able to accomplish. That's just wonderful. And it was a lot of hard work, but what a beautiful satisfaction for you, but for your community and actually your entire state, I think your shelters was one of the oldest in Ohio, right?
1: It is. It's, it's actually, I think it's the oldest in Ohio and maybe one of the oldest in the United States, which is really, you know, uh, interesting and and feels good our, our town is historic you know so that that is um but but yeah it's it's fascinating to read some of the history and in um things that have happened along the way and and to be a part of that uh, Yeah, because it has evolved. I mean there's been you know there's so many changes happening really at a rapid rate um in all shelters and it is it's fascinating to see I in a shelter group on Facebook and just see nationally what's happening across the country. And there are still some shelters that are overrun, and and some that that need animals. They, they're low on animals, which is amazing. You know, it's just um, how to get the the
0: animals that are the, the too many animals to the the yep. areas that need it. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it's. But, but how beautiful that you, what you are doing in your shelters, rich historic history of being one of the oldest shelters, you literally that term evolution, you're helping your historic shelter evolve into being able to save as many animals as possible. And what a, what a beautiful gift to your community. What do you love most about the work that you're doing?
1: That's, I, I thought a lot about that question. Um, I I think to pick what I love most would have to be um, changing common misconceptions, you know, seeing going out with a group of volunteers and dogs and seeing people actually at that moment change their mind, you know, just say, I didn't realize you guys had such great dogs or great cats. Um, and I didn't realize you guys did this or have a food pantry and, and, you know, just trying to get a a friendlier and more welcoming atmosphere in and seeing that happen, um, is rewarding to me. Yeah, um, that is.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. You're probably, I mean, in one way you are, you're bringing people closer together in your community by just providing awareness of all of the services that you're providing, which is beautiful. It's really good. Yeah. So in all that you have um, done, probably not even recognizing that your volunteer career would morph into a a midlife career change. If you look back on this magnificent animal related career that you have serendipitously kind of fallen into, what's one thing you would want the world to know? And that's that's a tough one too. Um,
1: I think just um, that they are needed, um, that any little thing they do, I think sometimes people just avoid a shelter, either they think it's gonna be sad, But such little thing. There's been times I didn't want to volunteer and I showed up and, you know, someone's carrying in bags of dog food that were donated. And I thought, what if I hadn't shown up? I wonder, who, you know, and 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 I've shown up with my hands full and someone's there to, to take a bag. And, you know, if you donate, I mean, I do the the. Facebook, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday and, and those type of things. And I don't think people realize donating $5 has a huge impact because there are multiple people doing that. Or we put out pleas for, um, you know, we were out of dog bones and people just ship a couple boxes or go to the pet store and get some and bring them. And I just, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't realize what a little thing they can do that will make the day of the shelter workers and volunteers and the dogs and the cats. Um, and it does make a difference in volunteering and walking dogs. I mean, sometimes that seems so minuscule, but to those dogs, it's everything. Yeah. So I, I think I just would want them to know that, that they are needed and can make a huge, huge difference.
0: That's such an important point that we all are capable of serving in some capacity our jobs as humans is to figure out how we can serve if we have money we can give it if we have time we can offer it if we love to walk we can walk with dogs that need to be walked there's you know there there's something each of us can give to our community our local community shelter so that's 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 a good tip
1: and you find things you enjoy I mean there's things I don't
0: enjoy and yeah. other ones, you know, there's something for everyone. Yeah, so, there yeah. is. There is. That's beautiful. Amber, if people Thanks. wanted to learn more about where to find you, either on the on a website or Facebook, where would people go sure. to learn more?
1: Um, I am on
0: Facebook my name is Amber Dennison and and I will
1: respond to messages if anyone has any questions um, our shelter has a website um, I I'm I, it's a small shelter I do I'm the webmaster <laughs> and I do other things too um, but it our website is www. Um, HSOV, which is for Humane Society of the Ohio Valley.org. Um, and um, that's a place that they could go and learn more about the shelter. Um, and I'm also, um, if you send an email to public relations at hsov.org, that would also come to me. So um, I'd love to hear, hear from anyone that has any questions or, or anything about our shelter or
0: volunteering
1: or anything.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're so thankful that you are have taken the um, desire, uh, the, the unction when you said, you know, I just felt like I needed to volunteer. And then you felt like you needed to do more. And then you felt like you needed to do more again. Good for you for following your heart. Uh, It has resulted in thousands of lives being saved because you're doing what you are called to do. So we're incredibly thankful for animal lovers just like you around the world that uh that are brave enough to do what they're called to do because you are making a big difference and we're so thankful. Hence the game changer award. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm just I'm
1: I'm honored and and just I don't know what to say. Thank you.